stole that out of the Bible and, you know, now they come up with these guidelines and where did they get them? They got them right out of the Bible. Their guidelines for, for churches handling money is right, very scriptural. Um, but they didn't come up with it. They were trying to take credit for it. But uh, number six, this is a great one. Be zealous to give, to stir up others to give. Okay? This, this is really a classic one. Let me read this. Now, Second Corinthians 9, verse 1. Now, concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that, that Acacia was writ a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Your zeal has stirred up the majority. In other words, this is what Paul was saying, is people who are zealous to give, that makes other people zealous to give. And I had a, a this happened to me, this really happened to me, and I was questioning myself about it when it happened. When I was in Zimbabwe, we were sitting there in the meeting, and they were talking about this pastor's relief fund they were setting up. And the pastor's relief fund was for the real poor pastors, when they would get in trouble, that they would have this reserve of money to help them. Because these are people who live out in the middle of nowhere, they only have electricity, it's a hard life. So the, the main church there wanted to be able to help these pastors at getting jams from time to time. So they were setting up this fund, and there was a guy from Canada, Pastor Phil Nordine was there, Jubilee Christian Center in Canada, and he said, I've got, I think it amounted to $5,000 that I want to give to this. I brought it with me, and I was wondering what I was supposed to do. I'm going to give it to this pastor relief fund. And when he said that, it irked me to no end, because I was saying, why don't I have some money to give to that? I was jealous. It made me want to give to it. It bothered me that I didn't have any money to give to that thing. And, and I was feeling bad about it until I re reminded this scripture. is his What he was doing stirred me up. It made me jealous for a good thing. You see what I'm saying? And then there was a guy, who's, a business guy that they had that said, well, I'm going to give 10000 which amounted $10,000 to this pastor's relief fund. It stirred him up. And then there was a, a, a this, this is a Zimbabwe guy, and there was a, a black Zimbabwe businesswoman. She gave 5000 to it. They were stirred up to a good work. And you see, that is a big part of giving because enthusiasm is contagious. Just like being negative is contagious. Well, you know, they've been preaching on money in church, you know, and that just, they're just doing it for their own selves. And, you know, it's just a negative attitude that God hates because God wants to support things. You know what I'm saying? And that guy, I know they're going to talk about tithing. I don't want to hear about it. I've heard that 98 times, and I know about it, but I never have tithe in my life. And, you know, I'm the most stingy guy in the room. And you hear what I'm saying to you? Those kind of attitudes are contagious. We affect each other. Now, the Scripture does talk about not letting your right hand know what your left hand's doing, but basically what that's talking about is trying to deal with a person's pride because they're trying to show off. But see, that day nobody was trying to show off. That day people were giving into something that was kingdom-wise, it was purposeful in God, and it was having an effect on the others, just like what was going on here in the Scripture. And we need to have that kind of attitude. We need to be positive about giving. We need to say, yeah, we want our church to have a good good messages on giving. We want it to be a, a worship unto God. We That's what we think. We want to do it cheerfully and joyfully instead of with sad, long faces. There they go again, preaching about money and why are they doing it? Because they want money. You know, we need to get rid of that stuff. I'm telling you. Do anybody agree? Come on. <laughs> All right, this is a good one. This is number seven. And then I have one more and I'm stopping. Okay? This one. It's powerful. 
Number seven. This is going to be in verse six through eight. We determine the measure of what we will reap. We determine the measure of what we will reap financially. We determine that. Okay, let's read verse 6 through 8. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap what? Everybody say sparingly. So if you sow sparingly, my friend, guess what you're going to reap? And that ain't my, that's not my deal. I didn't make this up. And who sows bountifully will also reap what? So if you're a bountiful sower, if you sow a lot, guess what? You're going to get a lot from God. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what? A, a hilarious giver. That's what the real word means. I saw a guy one time, <laughs> and this is crazy. He had a T-shirt on. It says, God loves a hilarious giver. That was a scripture. Then he had what was it, a hip, hippopotamus under it. This hippopotamus. The hippopotamus was dancing and acting, acting the hilarious. I thought, that's the best shirt I've ever seen, I think. Um, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have an all-sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. All right. Now, this is important. Three places in the Bible will redetermine the measure. Okay? In the New Testament. Three places. Number one, right there, money. You sow a lot, God, you will reap a lot. That's a promise. That's what I was saying. I don't want to just say, hey, I'm going to sow a lot and not get anything out of this deal or get a little. That ain't what it says. I'm saying, Lord, I'm believing you. I, I believe that's what it says. That's what I, so I'm going to do it. Second place in the Bible where we read. This is it. Let me just read it to you. J uh, Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure, everybody say measure. The measure you use it will be measured back to you. In other words, this is what God was saying. Just like with money. You put a lot of money in, you can get a lot of money out. You put a lot of judgment, you judge a lot of other people. You are going to get your honey judged off by God. You see what I'm saying? We can determine how much judgment comes on us. We determine that. God doesn't determine that. He gives that into our hand. He gives us the authority and power to determine judgment. You hear me? So if you are a judger, if you judge and criticize and condemn other people, the measure you do it, if you do it a lot, you're going to get a lot. If you do it a little, you can get a little. If you do none, you're not going to get any. Now, that's the truth. And I'm going to tell you something. There's people in this room that judge people all the time. All the time. And God's saying, I don't like that, and you are dealing yourself a bad hand. You are, you're going to reap misery over this. So the next time you decide to judge somebody, remember this and decide how much God, you want God judging you. And if you say, I don't want you judging me any, then you'll stop, you'll close your mouth, you'll repent, and you'll go on. Third place, Mark 4, 24. This, is, mm, this one's good. Then he said to, to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be what? Measured to you. And you who hear, more will be given. It's hearing God. He's talking about hearing God. Okay? That's what he's talking about. Anybody here want to hear God speak to them? Well, you know what, how you hear God speak to you? He says, take heed. Okay? What does heed mean? It means obey what you hear. Okay? reason a lot of people, God doesn't talk to them much is because I know if I tell Dean one more thing, he's not going to do it, and I'm going to have to discipline him for being disobedient. So in my mercy, I'm just not saying a word to Dean. 
I don't have anything to say to them because he won't do it anyway. And he's got about 98 things I've said to him, and he's not done. Right, Dean? No, say no, Dean. Say, no, that's not true. I've done what God's told me to do. See what I'm saying? Three things, money, judgment, and hearing God. I think a lot of us don't hear God because we're not doing what God tells us to do. And God stops talking out of His mercy. Not because He's mad at you, not because He wants to separate Himself from you. We determine the measure of how much God's going to speak to us by obeying things He does speak to us. It's real important that we obey the Lord. That keeps Him talking. It's real important. So I think you need to take those to the bank. And the last one um, is number eight. Generous giving. This is the best one. Generous giving brings glory to God and credibility to the people of God. Verse 12 through 15. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God, while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of this exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. In other words, when we give generously, God is glorified. And the people, we become credible people. You hear what I'm saying? The people of God become credible instead of they're just people who say they're Christians, but they don't really live their Christian life. But when we generously give, people in the world are going to see that these guys really are Christians. They really do love the Lord. They're, some, they're not hypocrites. And God is glorified. And I think that, to me, is one of the best reasons that there is in the Bible to give towards God. The second best reason in the Bible to give is because God's going to bless me if I abundantly give and generously give. Amen? Okay, Lord, thank you for these words. Amen. Who clapped? I'm going to bless you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bless Doug, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you gave us everything. And, Lord, that is demonstrated on the cross, that you, became, you were very rich and you became poor for us so that we, through your poverty, Lord, may become rich. And, Lord, this morning we are the most rich people on this earth. We have everything, Lord. We have Christ. We have the best that God has to offer. And, Lord, I just pray you'd make that a reality in our life, Lord, as we have communion this morning. Lord Jesus, as we uh, reconfirm that we do believe the gospel message, that we believe that Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross, that we believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and that we believe that Jesus Christ now sits at the right hand of God, ever interceding for us. And that everything that He has is available to us right now. And Lord, I just want to confirm that this morning, and affirm it, and declare that, Lord. Even with our finances, Lord. And Lord, even as we take communion, Lord, I pray that every person in this room would totally give themselves to You. They would give every part of themselves to You those areas in their life that they're holding back is released this morning. And let them see, Lord, if you want to remove things from their life, you have something better. And we thank you for it. Bless the communion this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name.